well, never mind. We're good. Just take her away downtown. Walking yeah. fast. Gonna start the podcast. Here we go. Three, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy. And on this show, I apparently sing a lead in to, uh, to start it. That's um, good. But this week, that didn't make sense to any of you all because I, I say oh, it will. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in. <laughs> okay, good. So as long as you have context, this week we're talking about an album that's uh, near and dear to me. It's by the Wingnut Dishwashers Union. Uh, Burn the Earth, Leave It Behind. And yeah, uh, this is this is the second Pat the Bunny album. Yep. In our five album tour of folk punk. Last yeah. week's last week we did um that one album. Uh, Johnny Hobo and the Freight Trains, Love Songs for the Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, and I liked it. Yeah, I hope you like this album. In context, so we'll we'll see what happens here. It's the same singer, so same singer, same same kind of music, mostly same, same guitar player, kind of one of them at least. <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> yeah, for, for for the thing we're gonna spoil right into proud and mad <laughs> there you go oh See, man it, i feel is... like i feel like we've been off for a while and we haven't well something weird's happening yeah i don't know but i will give a heads up that segues are kind of hard with folk punk songs because a lot of them are like <laughs> long specific titles I feel like this will be fine we'll be fine this week yeah okay well as I'm long confident. as you have the I'm feeling good <laughs> well there we go so track number one Prouder in Manhattan. Prouder in Manhattan. Comes what do you off, think? It's got some some crisp, clear acoustic guitar. Clearly, immediately you notice that the production value of this album is higher than of yeah. the the Johnny Hobo album from last week. Pat's vocals come in. It's not great. <laughs> his his voice. He sings more clean mm-hmm. in in this album uh, for the most part than the harsh stuff that was on Johnny Hobo. And I kind of feel like it's worse because of that. And I totally get that, like, all of the screaming and shit all of the time that he was probably doing for the Johnny Hobo era is probably not great for your throat. But uh, I don't know, this, this felt like it was a step in the wrong direction for me, just because I'm, I'm picky about vocals. And it there, there are times throughout this album that it's okay. We'll get to that. I think mostly it's noticeable just when it's just him and the guitar and he's singing a lot of like melodies and stuff and he he misses a lot and even on this song when he tries to like scream at some points it's kind of rough but then the full band comes in i'm like whoa holy shit we have more than just a guitar it's it's a full band experience now he's got drums he's got like a string section that's kind of accompanying him that comes in for the outro and it all just kind of like it caught me off guard this is not what i was expecting this album to be and it We'll we'll see how I feel about the rest of the album. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that makes complete sense. I kind of thought that you were not gonna like the vocals this time as much mm-hmm. because you say he misses some notes. Like I I definitely think the Johnny Hobo era screen because he he would literally just play a show every night doing yeah. those songs like literally every single night because he <laughs> needed a place to sleep so he would just play at somebody's house and sleep there. And uh, so he was just screaming every night. I think that definitely took a toll on his voice because yeah. you can hear vo- like vocal breaks where his voice like cracks whenever he's trying to go like scream or yeah. just yell at certain points in this album. And his vocals, while the production quality is up, are less refined, I guess. It's 
he yeah, misses it's, a lot. It's of a notes. weird like it's a weird contrast because like the the musical part of the album got better, except for his voice, and his voice seems to have gotten worse, and so it's this kind of weird like dissonance. I so I'm not a stickler for vocals, yeah. and I like this rawness in his voice. Whenever I'm this isn't like my angry music or anything. I mean, not that Johnny Hobo is, but whenever I'm like amped up, that's when I'll listen to like Johnny Hobo whenever mm-hmm. I'm feeling like just going nuts, I guess. Uh, and this one is kind of a more introspective album. Yeah. I guess I feel like the lyrical quality of this album is better, but we'll get to that. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like there's the full band. Uh, his vocals are different. And I don't know, like, I feel like they hit a folk punk, like what folk punk, I guess, is thought of by people who know what it is, but don't listen to it. Like they hit yeah. that sound with the folkiness. Yeah, this, I I kind of feel like even on this album, it gets a bit more just like punk rock at times with like yeah. even, even kind of, it never really leaves the folk territory necessarily but it definitely like brings in more rock elements. I mean, there's, there's distorted guitar on several songs throughout the album. So it kind of felt more rocky to me than, than folksy at times, but the folk is still like through it all. Well, that's true. I'm uh, I can't say I'm surprised that the, vo- the vocals were in the wrong direction, but you know, let's talk about some lyrics. Cause last week you were talking about <laughs> how, uh, I mean, while Pat is was very self aware at that time, mm-hmm. there was still a lot of, uh, I guess, disagreeable or hot takes that sure. he had on there. So, so what did you think of some vocals or some? I, I'm going to warn you guys. I mean, a, I think this, I think this episode's going to be shorter, hopefully, than the prior two. No promises. I kind of went off the rails at points in this album and oh. just kind of like rambled on a bit about just general like punk anarchy stuff again. But we'll get to that when we get there. We're not we're not there yet. I'm just giving a disclaimer that while Pat the Bunny is definitely central, I, I think there are points in my notes where I was just like kind of going off on a on a tirade about the genre or whatever. But anyways, this one, uh, Proud in Manhattan, it it seems to me at least that it's it's kind of along the same like self aware anarchism that we talked about last week. He he talks about dreaming of the utopia that I criticized a few weeks back. And every time that I talk about punk music, it seems that I kind of bring up where everyone just kind of like cleans up after themselves. The government's not needed, but then he like, he wakes up from his dream in the song or whatever. And he's burning down times square. So it's kind of like an interesting contrast of like, it it seems self-aware that he's acknowledging that it is a dream kind of a thing and saying that, man, that would be, that would be great. And then he comes back to reality and he's just, he's, he's destroying things, which is kind of the big complaint that I have with a lot of this like punk anarchy stuff is that there's only two, two extremes that they see where it's like utopia or complete disarray kind of a thing. When in reality, it it doesn't seem at least to me that either of them are super feasible for society and civilization. Um, At the end of the song, there's a quote and I'm hoping maybe that you can clarify this, um, but there's a quote from the titular Prout Proudon. Pierre Joseph Proudon. Yeah, PJ, PJ Proudhon. I don't know. He says property is robbery at the end. Well, I guess the full line is throw your hands in the air because property is robbery. 
and I kind of I put a little bit of thought into it, but I I couldn't really like figure out the angle he was trying to hit with that. And I I am intrigued by it, and and I if you don't have a great uh, insight into it, then I might look into it on my on my personal time. Just I would I'm curious. I would, like I would definitely recommend looking into it because there are while I can't say that I necessarily agree with like anarchism or anything Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of ideals in it that i think if we're brought into i guess regular society would benefit society greatly for the better absolutely uh like a lot of the personal responsibility that gets talked about in this song where it's like if we just fucking did our things government would become obsolete like if we could all just like put in our share and fit like fix stuff whenever it gets broken if we could help each other out if we could like just learn to live as a community it kind of this not necessarily government as an idea but Mm -hmm. like government as an authority could kind of be made obsolete if we could all just kind of do our own shit yeah i i'm kind of torn on that i agree in some some aspects and disagree in others Uh, i that's one of the things that I kind of rant about <laughs> at the end of my notes, I think this week. So, so we'll come back to that, I think, but yeah, I, I definitely don't instantly disagree with anything that he says on this album for the most part. Like it, it, he, he, again, he seems to be more self-aware and more rational in his thoughts or, or feelings about the whole situation, which is a positive because a lot of this kind of folk punk stuff, like I've I've mentioned before, just kind of like it comes off as shallow or like very very short sighted, I suppose. But uh, Pat the Bunny, he seems to have have put some genuine thought into it, which is nice. Yeah. yeah so this album to me was like, I don't know. It was kind of the start of a change in me, where Johnny Hobo was more like there was definitely still like political anger and violence that he wanted to like blow shit up and like yeah just be a general hooligan i guess in the punk sense and this album i feel like is more him embracing the personal responsibility like the idea that it's better to be decent to each other and right kind of take societal issues head on instead of just that that teenage angst that that chaos and it's kind of where i internalized I don't want to say like a conscience because I had one before then, but kind of the thought that I don't need to be railing against literally everything in my life. Because if I'm just like nice to people or if I'm just like not a shit bag, not a, like a gatekeeping asshole who's like shitting on people's good times or just like breaking people's things that they worked for or like whatever, just not being a general shithead, it's going to work out a lot better. Because that's not what punk is about. Punk's not about being a fucking asshole. Punk's about kindness. And I think this was the album that like showed me that. Yeah, and, and furthermore, like even outside of punk, like you're you're gonna get farther in life being nice to people than you are being mean to people because that's just how people are, right? Like people yeah. people are more receptive and more responsive to positive actions than negative actions. Like, yeah, like when you're, when you're raising a dog or raising a child, there's there's this. I mean, I guess it's it's quote unquote modern at 
at this point, the kind of school of thought of like not necessarily physically punishing your children <laughs> when they fuck up and instead yeah. encouraging the positives or, or doing some other things. I'm not a parent, so I haven't really looked into it, but I, I'm aware that that is the current trend is, is more positivity based. Yeah. I, as a parent, I'll go ahead and say that, uh, not that I've tried the alternative, but the not physical <laughs> abuse part definitely seems to be working out a okay. So I, I'd recommend it highly. It gives you, gives you time <laughs> to to control your your daughter. Well, not control controls. I mean, I guess to some extent, control your your daughter and, and still have time to do your your things like like playing guitar. You'd say that you're a man who plays guitar, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I might go off the handle, and you you can never trust a man who plays guitar. Oh, so you're saying that maybe it's not a good thing the way you're raising. I'm just joking. Track number two is never trust a man who plays guitar. It's all it was, for the segue, folks. It was Don't all I'm, for the segue. You can trust Joey. He, he, he's a good guy. <laughs> this one it starts with some kind of like pounding drum toms, and the like an accordion kind of instrument comes in. I'm not sure if it was actually an accordion, but I had that kind of sound to it. Um, there's definitely a bigger focus on the music of this album that I noted. Which again, it's welcome, even if it's mostly like simple and repetitive stuff. It's still like, it's a progression from Johnny Hobo, in that aspect. But his his voice, I noted it several times on this on in my notes. I just I cannot get over his voice most of the time. Well, I like his voice on here, so we'll just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It is it. It makes sense because again, this album specifically, a song later on this album is what I consider in my mind, like the epitome of Joey music. <laughs> so it, it makes perfect sense that, that you enjoy every aspect. Yeah. And, and again, this has a personal connection. Does, does this album feel, I don't want to use the word better. When you, when you think of Pat the bunny and which album had the biggest impact on you as a person, is it this album or is it one of the other two that we have done slash are going to do? Um, or is I, it all just kind of like the same just the concept of Pat the Bunny is what had the effect on you I will say the concept of Pat the Bunny is what had the effect on me but I think it's either this album or the next album we're going to talk about as far as like actual impact I mean Johnny Hobo it definitely like it grabbed my attention and it kind of made me think about mm-hmm. where I was in life but I'd say as far as like having an impact this album and potentially the next album that we're going to do are the ones that I guess I would pick most likely this album though. Okay. Interesting. I was just trying to figure out what, what the personal aspect tie in of of it all was. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's kind of a journey. He goes, Pat, the money is kind of progressing as a person and, and changing who he is. And that's obviously inspiring to people, especially young people to want to change who they are. Yeah, and I mean, I was going through, like, a lot of shit whenever I first started, like, listening to these, Mm -hmm. especially this one, because I had kind of hit a turning point in my life where, like, I was at a crossroads, and I feel like, not that I necessarily fixed my life at this crossroads, but I think I definitely could have taken a very bad way and not Mm -hmm. been the person that I am today. Well, I'm glad that you, you did that. Me too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out for the better. I'll, although I'll never actually know what what untold fun awaited me on the other side of that crossroads, <laughs> but uh, it's fine over here. So <laughs> hell yeah. 
lyrically, uh, this one track too, uh, it seems that it's about Pat kind of criticizing anarchists and himself included for talking the talk without walking the walk, so to speak, where he, he kind of like, he, he feels that he wants to actually do the things he talks about and sings about instead of just saying things that won't have any effect kind of a thing. Yeah, it's definitely like a action speak louder than words type deal. Yeah. And if you're not doing the actions, then you're you're being dishonest, which I mean, that's like the way he ends this song is the day I rob a bank, the first day of my life is an honest man. Like, yeah. Which we know he's not going to rob a bank. Like, I don't think he has ever robbed a bank. I'm not going to implicate him in any <laughs> crimes, but I don't I don't think he has done that. And that's what he's saying. He's like, even I, I'm singing it and I'm not out there necessarily doing the extreme things that I'm singing about. And right. But he also does kind of weave in like whenever he's saying, don't trust a man who plays guitar. I think he's talking to authority, like in the sense that with every great societal change, there's always like musicians who are on the cusp of it, kind of spreading the word, making it, more popular and so i think he's kind of saying that he while he is fulfilling that role he he admits that he's like i'm not out there on the front lines like blowing shit up i'm not i'm not dismantling capitalism like physically (laughs) right now he's just playing playing the music to inspire people to maybe do that for him yeah or just (laughs) to do something (laughs) just anything embody what what you speak instead of just just pretending i suppose but yeah i, I, I like this song. i don't know yeah it's it's a cool song i i think he, he just kind of like wants to wants to fuck shit up with his guitar you know go go out play some shows fuck some shit up go on to track number three which is titled fuck shit up one 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 it's a subtitle. It has some some groovy dancing guitars and drums in this one, and this is the one that I, I first noted that he's he's moving kind of away from just the pure like stripped down acoustic folk stuff to more rock stuff. And in this track, because of that, I think his vocals seem to fit a bit better for me at least. And uh, this one could almost fit on like a Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. I think. Yeah, it's got that the- kind of vibe. This one is legit just a punk song. Like, I, I yeah. will say it's just a punk rock. I mean, it's still got, I guess, like the backup instruments you wouldn't yeah. hear in a yeah, normal the, punk the, rock The outfit. acoustic stays throughout the entire album. Like, there's there's never, like, a song that just doesn't have acoustic guitar, I don't think. Yeah, and, like, musically, like you said earlier, it's things aren't going to be changing up too much. And I know that's kind of what we've just been saying for these past few weeks, but... Yeah, it's I mean, not... We're doing this because the lyrical content is more important, especially in relation to you, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think this song definitely, like, it makes you want to move. It shows Pat's versatility in the overall punk genre that he can kind of have, at least to me, anything behind him musically. Mm-hmm. And he will make whatever it is punk. So, or just, like, have that same energy, I guess. Like, he can bring that energy to any musical genre he sings in front of so are you spoiling that next week is not going to be a folk punk album it's going to be like an electronic (laughs) album (laughs) oh no i mean he has in the past done stuff with like 
drum machines and electronic stuff. He has an album that's like almost set up like a play where he's like a preacher in a deep Southern town that the devil has taken <laughs> over. Like he's, he's kind of all out there. Yeah. But the creative. Like, yeah. He's a creative dude. Uh, but like lyrically this song, it's just, it's fun. And it's about, it talks about, I guess like why punk music hits so many people. Yeah. Like in the way that it does where it's just, talking about a punk rock song won't ever change the world but i can tell you about a couple that changed me is like to hear him say that where like a guy that you know is super into the punk scene and he's like yeah i'm not gonna write a song and it's not gonna do all these things that i'm talking about i'm not gonna change the government but if i can inspire change in other people then if i do that enough it can affect change out out in the world just in the littlest ways that can end up having a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And I I definitely think that's his intention. I kind of felt like it it was more, more of him saying, maybe this is just me and my mindset kind of combating the general sentiment of a lot of his stuff, but it it felt more to me like he, he's saying like, yeah, I know I'm not changing the world. Like in in the last track he, he was saying like, he he doesn't walk the walk he talks the talk kind of a thing and this is him kind of saying like yeah i i know that what i'm doing isn't going to change the world but it's how i want to live this is how i have to be because that's what makes me me kind of thing which kind of veers a little bit into that chaos for the sake of chaos territory a little bit for me um which i mean again i i don't i don't think he's necessarily wrong to desire that kind of freedom because it it's great it, but I think it's it's very it's kind of short sighted and idealized. I think maybe even like borderline delusional thinking that like cops and politicians are the only thing keeping from people being free. Because I maybe this is cynical of me, but I think people keep people from being free because it's just the nature of of people. People like having control and power over others, and I feel like the chaotic anarchism fits into that category like it it feels good to fight the man and stand out as a rebel and that's why you know kids and teenagers always rebel against their parents because people crave that kind of power and control even when it's against the power and control kind of a thing yeah like i mean it does hit a point where everybody's the man like right you're gonna end up alone which he does touch on in certain songs like i think there's one on this album but he has a lot of other songs that are talking about like the loneliness that comes with mm-hmm. with it and it's totally true like and as far as i guess the authority or people keeping people down just how he sums it up in the beginning of this song where he's saying i don't believe in cops bosses or politicians some call that anarchism i call it having a fucking heart that beats right. which like i i i agree with that sentiment of i guess the anarchism where it's like you don't believe in people taking the kind of overstepping the authority of other people. Right. And like, that's, that's the part you want to get away from. Not necessarily just balking at all authority everywhere, which I totally do in my life. Like if there's (laughs) the smallest amount of authority or just anybody telling me to do anything, I'm just like, fuck you. 
get out of here. Like, I'll do it because I want to do it, not because yeah. you told me to. I am totally still that five-year-old that's like, I wanted to do this, but you told me to do it, so now I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we, we all have that, that even even maybe the cops perhaps have that. So, you know, fuck, fuck every cop who has ever, whoever, whoever did his job or every yeah. copy. Yeah. Oh my God. Fuck every copy. The metadata that has been spewed out into the internet has titled this track. Fuck every copy. It's actually called fuck every cop. Track number four. Whoever did his job, by the way, whoever did his job. It's a subtitle. So, so apparently if it's a, if it's a female cop, it doesn't matter. And if that <laughs> cop just doesn't do their job, then I guess that's fine too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whoever did his job. Cause all cops are men. Yes, yeah. they were back in the 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 early days the, of yore of two thousand and nine. <laughs> there was Very... a point where all cops were guys, but yeah, not not in two thousand nine. Not in two thousand nine. <laughs> I have yeah. I have several cops and well, not I guess not several, but I have I know I have a few cops in my family, and some they're, of them are female. female. Yeah, okay. Well, good for, good for them. I'm not I'm not the one shouting fuck every cop. Whoever did, whoever did his or her job, his or her job, I can't even say. I can't that. say I disagree with the sentiment, but but I guess I won't be <laughs> screaming it. <laughs> Musically, this one uh, it kind of kind of reaches further into the punk rock territory. I think for me, it still keeps a lot of the acoustic guitar sounds and, and the, the more folksy things, but it, it feels more rocky again. Um, and again, I know that his voice sounds a bit better amidst this kind of music, but I couldn't figure out if it was just because maybe it was less prominent in the mix because there was so much else going on that it kind of covered his, his voice a bit better for me. Um, there, there's kind of an interesting change in this song. The song ends around the two minute mark a little bit earlier and then goes into this kind of like slower second section where his vocals sound like he like he walked out of the room and he's in like another <laughs> room or in the hallway or something yelling it. Well, the instruments kind of, the instruments retain their clarity their fidelity so like it, it was kind of a weird option i think and then the song picks back up again and it sounds like he's come back into the booth or in, into the room or whatever and he kind of picks up picks it back up and then there's kind of this chuggy rocky outro kind of thing going on which is kind of cool yeah they actually changed something they did for, for a while it's, it's <laughs> nice and it has a cello in it too or what sounds like yeah a cello there, there are a couple a couple string sections throughout this album and they're always they're always welcome yeah Every every song needs a string section. Every song, every single song. <laughs> this one, like lyrically, so the song is called "Fuck Every Cop Who Ever Did His Job." We're we're just gonna, yeah, take that at face value. It's not entirely well, what the song is about. Yeah, so but... I I would like to maybe disagree and and say that like the song the the quote that the song title comes from. He says, "I fell in love again that time that you said." Fuck mm-hmm. every cop who ever did his job, and fuck every bank that never got robbed, and fuck all the other banks, especially mine. So I, I think, I don't know. I think I might have gotten something slightly different than you did, but uh, I'll let you go ahead and, <laughs> and give your thoughts on the song. Yeah. So like, I, I think the falling in love part. I mean, I'm, yeah. It's we can also take that at face value because he's just straight up telling somebody he's like yeah i fell in love whenever you said that Mm -hmm. and uh i i always have taken that as like him i guess getting swept up in that not that he doesn't believe it but being like seeing the energy and the excitement of somebody else and you kind of or just like the the whole like 
movement, I guess. Yeah. Not not even specifically just a person necessarily, but just like finding a group of people like minded like that. Yeah, because I mean that's like what the other part of this song is. It's talking mm-hmm. about like you got to keep fighting the good fight. If you 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 only lose if you give up. Like and just yeah. I like the way that the song starts. And if we decide that freedom is impossible, then we'll prove ourselves right. But if that's the truth, then I think that there's worse things in this world than being wrong. Like it's you're only going to lose to the man or whoever if you give up. And if yeah. you give up, then there's no point in not fighting because even if you're fighting for a, a dumb cause, it's never going to happen. Then at least you're doing it. And if you're if you if you give up, then what do you have? I guess. Yeah, you you need to stay true to yourself and your ideals and, and your beliefs. Not saying that you should be unreceptive to new ideas, because I think it's important for growth as a person to just be able to, to hear a different perspective on things and be open to that changing the way you feel. But yeah, you, you got to kind of like, you got to stick to your guns and, and go for what you feel is right, even if it might be a stupid cause or even if it gets you killed or whatever, which is something I think he goes into a bit later in the album but yeah the, the song I, in addition to what you said i kind of maybe focused in a bit too much on the he shortly after what you read he says and i suppose you got to be a little crazy to believe that we shall be free but i'm insane and i'm not alone which was the big takeaway for me yeah. was more of the like yeah it might be crazy to believe in this better world without order but it's what i believe and there are other people like me, so at least I'm not the only crazy person out here. <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm with him in that aspect where it's like, I would rather be crazy or seen as crazy in an attempt to be a little bit of a dreamer, I guess, mm-hmm. rather than just be like, eh, it's whatever. Like, I'm trying to kick my cynicism i guess is yeah what you're trying to care about something yeah which it's hard like you have to try and it takes a lot of effort sometimes and it's i definitely fall back into the not caring or being cynical yeah camp a lot <laughs> but but i try I, I i make an active effort to do to care about things yeah it's nice it's nice to care about things yeah and uh I don't know where to go from here. Like honestly, I thought, I thought you were about to segue. You sounded so confident in what you were saying, and I thought that it was a segue previously. And then I was like, no, he's just finishing up his his thoughts on it. Track number five: Urine speaks louder than words. Is this the one you were talking about? Whenever you yeah. said quintessential, this, this is the the song that I vividly remember hearing from you playing it in your in your car, maybe. It was either in my car or in the un- unspecified pizza place. <laughs> yeah, or both. More, or more both. likely both. But yeah, urine speaks louder than words. I vividly, like, I remembered, I've remembered <laughs> that line for years. Just urine speaks louder than words. <laughs> it, it just, it's the quintessential Joey music. It's it's horrible. I hate it. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but I did know that this, this was that song. This one's kind of... Um, a bit more stripped down from the prior tracks it gets gets back to that kind of folky feeling and it has the clean vocals that feel like nails on a chalkboard to me is what i said uh, i actually do really like the music and the guitar on this track a lot of the guitar sounds great yeah it does like this whole this song every time i hear it i cannot 
not sing along at full <laughs> volume. It's just, it's just so good. It's so catchy, and it just gets stuck in my head all the time. It's just, it. I like you say it's quintessential me music, and I wouldn't disagree with you because yeah. like. 50% of the time, I feel like this is what's playing in my head. <laughs> just like that opening guitar part. Not even necessarily the words all the time. It's just like, it's just an acoustic guitar, but it's just... It's, it sounds good. It's, it it's sounds a, so It's good. a good sounding riff and a good sounding guitar. Uh, he, he did a good. And lyrically, I actually like the lyrics in this one a lot as well. This one seems to be more critical of anarchists and other activists that do speak without doing anything which is kind of a theme that we've been talking about is, is talking about action instead of doing said action or whatever. Um, the first verse, he's basically just making empty promises that he's going to clean up his act and stop criticizing the government. And then the chorus comes in. And he's just saying, no, fuck that Actions speak louder than words, but he's doing it in a cheeky way. But he urine speaks louder than words. Um, but then he kind of returns back to this, this criticizing of activists in this, the second verse, the third verse though, it doesn't really tie in. I, I don't, maybe, maybe you can make some sort of tie in with it, but the third verse just comes in and it's about racism, which kind of felt just like, it felt out of place. Like he was just like going, yeah, fuck the government, fuck the government. Also racism bad. <laughs> and like, yeah, fuck the government kind of a thing. Uh, regardless of that, not tying in, I do really like, the third verse, he says, uh, I don't got to tell you crackers are great with amnesia when they want to forget something like centuries of racism, which is just, it's, it's funny. It's humorous. It's true. And I hate it. Yeah. It's see, I think he just added it in there. Like not to say that it fits necessarily, but I think he just put it in there. Cause like it works on its own and right. like outside of the context, I guess of the rest of the song, and maybe he's, I guess, saying that like he's criticizing himself or he's very self-aware and realizing that like, I don't know, he's, he's, it's hard to do the actions that he's talking about and just he's trying to turn a corner or maybe wanting to turn a corner and wants it, but maybe ne- won't necessarily get there. But then he's keeping like the activism is the constant there mm-hmm. just because of the the line before it where he's saying, but will somebody say, is this resistance or a costume party? Either way, I think black with bandanas is boring theme. Kind of like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, he's, he's, I think with that, he's, he's saying like, why are, are, are you people mobbing the streets <laughs> just because it's trendy and cool and, and you want to be part of something or is this actually like, is there actually a purpose? Is there something that you're actually doing other than just congregating and pretending to give a shit about something? Yeah. Yeah. I like the verse too. I like all the verses. I just like, yeah, I like the song, this song. It kind of made me rethink. This was one of those songs that really made me kind of like rethink my life at the time. Just that whole first verse where he's talking about like, I'll like, I swear that someday I'll tell you without lying that I was born to quit smoking. I was born to quit dying. And it's just realizing that you're trapped in an action or a set of actions, a set of vices. And you're, there's so many times where people are like concerned for you or just shit like that. And you are kind of just lying to people 
where you're yeah. like, yeah, I'll get better. Like I'll, 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 I'll try. And there's going to be a point where you're either going to have to hit it where you're either going to accept that you're not trying or you're going to try. And yeah. I, I, I guess this song kind of like threw me into that point where I was like, well, I guess I should try and yeah, not I'm, be I'm a curious. fucking liar anymore. <laughs> I, I'm curious as a, a pet, the bunny concept, did he as a person, did he, I mean, I guess this, a lot of this album seems to me that he's talking about people not doing the actions that they're talking about. Right. He criticizes himself for doing that. And he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. I'm doing this. I'm singing about doing these things, but I'm not actually doing them. Did he ever reach that point where he did go out? Was he like actually involved in a lot of like activism stuff? Was he actually like doing things to, to bring about some sort of change or was it mostly just something for him to sing about? He was, I don't think he was like necessarily out there causing riots and stuff, but I know he was like, and still is an activist. Like, protesting and mm. like i i don't have any information i guess on whether or not he was like burning shit to the ground i don't <laughs> right. think i don't think he was in any sort of major way maybe he was like during a protest there was some stuff that got like burned and he was maybe a part of it i i, I don't know any of that i'm not going to implicate him in right. anything but i feel like that had it happened that would have probably been the extent of it no like having seen a plenty of interviews and knowing him that way not i don't know him personally or anything so i guess i can't right. say anything with certainty but he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would like burn down a city block because yeah it has I, I a department store in it <laughs> i wasn't necessarily trying to, to imply that he would be inciting riots and, and shit like that i was just i was just curious to to what extent he participated in trying to make the world uh, the the utopia that he dreams of in this album and if it was just him mostly just talking about it instead of wanting to do it he's tried more than me so i'll give him that <laughs> that's fair enough i can't criticize I, was just, I mean i guess i can't criticize that's what i'm doing but yeah that's what we're well, that's what we do here yeah on we, got, feedback we, gotta, loop. we gotta pick sides and stick with them until we die you gotta die on that hill because yeah we, we can't go back on our word we can't change as people yeah, we can't change, and the only thing that's changing here is the track number, because we're talking about track number six, Picking Sides. <laughs> there we yeah. go. That one worked. I, th I think this song might be my favorite one on the album. Ooh, okay. It, it's got a, I really like the chord progression that's used here, and it, it, the bass line comes in, it's smooth as butter. It's got this kind of like southern bluesy feeling to the progression mm -hmm. and bass line that I really, really enjoy. Also this weird faint whistling that's <laughs> going on in the background that I don't really care for. Um, but it, it's very faint, so it's easy to to not lock in on it. Uh, there's also a, a little piano section that comes in that kind of caught me off guard. is is really cool, and I, I think musically this one comes together a lot for me. Yeah, this is I'd say one of the better songs musically, just because of that cool slow kind of waltzy yeah. bluesy feeling that it has, and I think that high pitched sound is a singing saw. Or a theremin. Oh. But if it's a singing saw, it would explain a lot because I've always kind of... It sounds like something from a Neutral Milk Hotel song. Yeah. Because, because they have a singing saw. They have a dedicated singing saw player in their band. <laughs> what a cool band. I know. But that's kind of what it's always reminded me of. And I was looking around and it was... People seem to be in one camp singing saw, one camp theremin. 
I'm sure there's an answer out there that I just was too stupid to find, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's not a lot of information out there about Pat the Bunny in general, right? Like he's pretty, pretty off the web. Yeah, and he, yeah, he tries to stay out of it. Yeah, so I, I can't slight you for not knowing intricate details of the recording <laughs> process of his albums. Or I wish I was there, but I was only like 15 <laughs> whenever this album was recorded. <laughs> uh, lyrically, though. This this one I I couldn't really nail this one down. It, he talks about like being drunk, and then and then about hating policemen, and then about liking shitty punk rock bands <laughs> that all sound the same kind of a thing. I I was trying to piece it together in the second like verse of the song. He says, I mean I guess I'll, I'll just read the first two. He says, "Well, just because I don't drink, don't mean I don't hate stoop. Don't mean I." Don't hate stupid drums <laughs> the second career. But just because I'm singing, that don't mean shit. I don't, don't mean that I'm not one. Saying that, like, yeah, I could be one of the, the drunk, stupid people that I hate. And then the second section, second verse, passage, whatever, we're <laughs> reading a Bible. It says, uh, but those jerks by the kegs, they aren't leaving me no ground to stand on. So if we're picking sides, I guess that I hate the policeman and the white man tonight, which, A, it sounds great when he sings it. Yeah. There's, there's something, like, charismatic, and, and it's fun ignoring the context of lyrics but i was trying to figure this this out and I, the only thing that i could barely like figure out is when he says those jerks by the kegs i was thinking okay maybe it's a metaphor for like the government regulating various substances or something or ver- just regulating in general things so while he's trying to get wasted they aren't like letting him so he sides against them but then i was like well then what does that make the booze in this metaphor because if it's a metaphorical keg then like he's probably not actually just singing about alcohol. So I was hoping maybe you could shine some light on this. So I've always kind of just taken this one as like, he's at a party Mm -hmm. and there's like some bro dudes by the kegs, I guess, who are like just giving him shit. Cause he's not like a normal, whatever person, I guess. And he, but would he be at that kind of party? That's what I don't know. Like, there's so many times where, like, I think he also had, like, a, a, I'm sure he had a semi-normal teenage experience at times, Mm -hmm. just given some of the songs that he's written seem, not every song he writes is necessarily, like, super political. Like, this one kind of is, because he's, like. Yeah, he literally says, I guess, that I hate the policeman and the white man tonight. Yeah, but I feel like. The policeman is a given. Like that's why he's saying, like, if we're picking sides, I hate the policeman, and that's that's a given. We know that. Right. And he, whenever he says the white man, he's I think he's talking about the jerks by the kegs who are just like shitty bro white. Oh, dudes. I see what you're saying. So he, he's yeah. kind of like saying, like, in addition to hating policemen, now I guess I fucking hate white people too because they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not letting me drink. I gotcha. <laughs> Like, that makes more sense. That's kind of how I've taken it, which I mean, in the grand scheme of like the whole <laughs> punk aspect, political aspect, it's kind of just like a okay, yeah, <laughs> but, it's kind of silly, I suppose. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I think that that makes more sense than my weird metaphor that I was trying to to, to fit in somehow. <laughs> which I mean, who knows? Like, there's it could be anything. I don't yeah. know. Pat the but, bunny if you're listening, shine yeah. some fucking light on your lyrics because you don't make no sense, man. Please do, please do. That would be that would be amazing if I could talk to you. Yeah, uh, t- talk to him. Don't talk to Jesus though. 
or maybe do talk to Jesus though, because Jesus does the dishes. <laughs> How the yeah. fuck are you supposed to segue that? That's what Ooh. I was saying at the beginning, and you were like, "Nah, man." Look, nah, I mean, man. a lot of these, a lot of these aren't as esoteric, but Jesus yeah. does the dishes is is maybe a bit of a stretch for things. Hell yeah! What do you think about this song, huh? Track number seven. I didn't have a lot to to note musically, other than. It's, it's got some southern rock vibes on it. It's got the harmonica, some fuzzy guitars. It's it's pretty cool. Ah, there we go. Yeah, it's it's back to a more punk rock yeah. section. There's like electric guitars and everything coming back. And distortion, all that cool stuff. I really, really like the message of this song. Yes. Be- like, the idea of personal responsibility and talking about all these people who are out there just kind of just wanting to be a part of something. So they join a revolution and then they're like, wait, like they, they don't, they can't comprehend what happens whenever the government falls. And they're like, Oh shit. Like I don't have these people to do all this, all this stuff for me every day. Like in the first song he's talking about, like we're filling in potholes and collecting trash. And in this song, it's talking about something as simple as doing the dishes. And somebody's asking, who does the dishes after the revolution? And he's like, I do my own dishes now and I'll do my own dishes then. And you know, it's always the ones who don't, who ask that fucking question, like yeah. talking about these people, like what, what are you doing? If you can't handle doing the dishes, why are you here? Or like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I really like that line. I, I think it's, it's cool. The, the, you know, I do my dishes now. I'll do them then. And the, the, the only people that are concerned about that are the people that don't wash their own fucking dishes <laughs> kind of thing. But it, this is maybe maybe one of the more tangenty sections. Go for it. That it is just like this is this is again him dreaming of this utopia, right? And calling all the haters out and saying, "Look, like I can I can look after myself. I can police myself. It's you who clearly can't survive without the police." And I'm not really sure that that, that what that's proving, because to me it it seems more like the the exact reason that the utopia can't work. Right, because people do need some sort of order to sustain sustain themselves, especially on a large scale. It's one thing to to have you and a group of friends living on some commune somewhere and kind of keeping to yourself, but on a larger scale, like the world as a whole can't survive that way, just logistically and 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 feasibly. Like, I don't. It it, it seemed kind of weird to me. And then the second verse kind of ties back the, the hypocrisy that I complained about last week where he he says that Jesus told people to drop out and find God, which to me kind of came across as like saying, reject that system of beliefs and accept mine instead, which is <laughs> no different than just leaving things the way they are now in, in regards to the government or whatever. Yeah, I definitely get the parallel of, uh, I mean, yeah, he just says, you know, lately I've been thinking about how I love Jesus because Jesus was a dirty, homeless, hippie, peace activist. Like, yeah, and who's just spreading an ideology, and yeah, that at at its core, everything you can't dismantle any sort of authority whenever there is a belief system to back it up, because that is instantly going to establish another authority. Right. Like, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, that's something that I I think I do rant again at, at the end of the album about that. There is always going to be that paradox whenever you're talking about like. Unless, like you said, if if it's a couple of people living in a commune, that's one thing. Yeah. But there is not ever going to be 
a full society without some sort of hierarchy. Like, right. You can't have like groups of thousands of people just, just all res- doing their dishes yeah, and, and keeping their own shit organized because people, people don't like that. People will see that and they will try to seize power and control from that. Yeah. And, and then and try to manipulate others into doing their work for them. Cause that's the thing you're out of those thousands of people. You're going to see one person who's like, if everybody's doing, we'll take the dishes example. We're going to see everybody doing their own dishes. There's going to be that one guy who's like, shit, I have a machine that does my dishes. <laughs> and I can, if you all just pay me, I'll do your dishes for you. And then that right there, boom, authority <laughs> of some authority. sort. Yeah. Like, that's just, just how it no, starts. There's no good way to, to implement this this dream on a large scale, unfortunately. I would I love the dream. I'm not shitting on the dream. I think that would be fantastic if everyone could just take responsibility for themselves and and cooperate with other people to get things that they cannot get themselves or whatever. But I just maybe it's just me being cynical, but I I don't think it's possible. And I mean I I think it's just a large society thing. Yeah, and for sure. like and if you have a small society you you better make sure that you have a diverse skill set you can't have fifty you can have a a commune of 50 people but if they're all corn growers corn farmers then and nothing else you're gonna be like shit we don't need all this corn what yeah, we need we is need textiles somebody, we need clothes we need somebody who can build a house you can't yeah. build a house out of corn i mean you I mean, could. I guess you could. Corn cobs. Corn, Corn cobs are pretty strong. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they're that strong, but I, I think I think I'm gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna dive deep into that. But just because I don't say anything about that doesn't mean I've got nothing to say. I'm just not gonna get into it here. Oh my god! Track number eight. Just because I don't say anything doesn't mean I've got nothing to say. And that was an excellent. Segue. See, they're easy. It's, there it's, you go. it's just a sentence that somebody can say. It doesn't yeah. matter the context. <laughs> Anyways, this one starts off with some more of that, that kind of bluesy harmonica feel, <laughs> and the only other musical note I have on it is, man, his voice is just awful. Oh shit! <laughs> I love his voice on this on this song. I love his voice on this whole album. So every time you say that you don't like it, I'm gonna say that I do like it. That way, yeah, it's so, it's a balance. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I like it probably for all the reasons that you don't like it. So. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but this one, like, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot going on musically. You said it. Lyrically, this one is kind of one of the ones I was alluding to earlier where it's not really a political thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just a song about his life and talking about kind of the loneliness that comes with the life that he's chosen. And I really, I just like it as a companion to... I want cancer for Christmas from love songs for the apocalypse Yeah, where he kind of draws a parallel where he was talking about, I remember being six years old and being the only one sitting alone. And then 10 years later, not much had changed since he was six years old or whatever, like whatever the exact lyric was. And this one, the first verse ends with, um, I'd be sitting alone at a lunch table in high school if I wasn't sitting alone at a punk show in Asheville, keeping the lonely theme, he's like, it's just wherever I go, that's just how yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, I do, I do like this one. It, it is kind of a, a strange inclusion on this album because it is very different lyrically. And, and like you've said, it's kind of just about being a sad boy and being alone or whatever. <laughs> I do really like 
there, there's a line he says he says i might have kissed you wearing a bulletproof vest but hell you kiss like a rocket which i just i don't know i, I just like the, the imagery of it and i, I like yeah. the it's it's very like it's 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 a it's a, a well-written line it is i agree it's a very out of generally out of i guess character line to just have in a yeah. pat the bunny song but he he does it very well and since you pointed out that line i have to point out the last <laughs> line because i fucking love it just the way he's like seeing so many videos of him playing this live he's just screaming it in somebody <laughs> else's house because yeah. he doesn't have a room to stay in he's it it ends i'd be a teenage virgin jerking off in my bedroom if I wasn't a 20 year old virgin that didn't have a bedroom and it's just, it's great. It is. It, chef's it, kiss. Is, it is something. Yeah. I, I, I think lyrically he knows what's up. I, I, I like the song lyrically, even though it doesn't really like fit with a lot of the, the other songs that he sings. It's probably why you like it. Maybe yeah, I mean, that could very well. There's nothing disagreeable here. So I, of course I like it. It's not disagreeable for a girl in Rhinelander, Wisconsin either. Yeah. But you know what? You know it's very agreeable for a girl in Rylander, Wisconsin. Track number nine for a girl in Rylander, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, this one <laughs> you're gonna love this, Joey. So I wrote some plucky solo acoustic guitar and some more just awful vocals. <laughs> well, for that one, I have to counter some Indeed. more uh, plucky guitar and some more just great vocals. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I know I've, I've talked about this. I just, I just can't. I don't, I don't I mean, know his, what it is. His voice is super strained. Well, yeah. Parts in like, this song. I like, feel like I should be able to get over that. Well, I mean, his voice just straight up like cracks at several times, which I think is a generally disagreeable sound whenever yeah. it comes to people singing in music. So I don't, I don't, I don't fault you. But, but for, at the same part, time, like I understand that that is it's it's empowering right i mean it's powerful to be able to hear people being successful in music and not being able to sing like that's cool as shit and i i respect the hell out of them for it and people love it a lot of people love it but i, I don't know there's just something about it that is i can't that doesn't justify it in my mind for for some reason but uh yeah lyrically this one uh, it's a pretty short and sweet song about being bummed that girls are always thinking that they can't sing in rock and roll bands because they're not male. And that's, that's the conception is that like, Oh, only that's a, that's a genre for men to sing kind of a thing, which is not true. It's not true. And this song as, as we have, I mean, we haven't talked about it in a while, but people who have been listening for the long fucking time that we've been doing this podcast, uh, know that at one point in my life i had a very big chip on my shoulder about female vocalists mm -hmm. and that was something that i kind of had to get over and i feel like this song was one of the things that like it's not like i hadn't been listening to any female vocalists at this right. time it had kind of been working its way in i was i was dealing with my shit of wh whatever the fuck was going on with me and uh this song was kind of just like the nail in the coffin that was like it, it put it into perspective that it's like not necessarily like any female vocalist gives two shits what I think about their music. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if there's enough people out there who think like me and just straight up do not give it a chance, that's just a shitty thing yeah, to it's have bigotry. to deal with. Yeah, it's, it is like, and just, I don't, it kind of just put it in my head. Like 
not that I should have been thinking it before. It's it's crazy to look back on stuff like that and be like, "What the fuck was I doing? What, yeah. What's wrong with me?" Like, <laughs> there there were plenty of female vocalists out there that had to deal with this this shit in droves whenever they tried to sing their songs and play their music, and I I was just one of those people. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I think it is also a kind of a regional thing that I mean, it's definitely a regional thing in that around here specifically they're they're like in the midwest and stuff and in, in wisconsin like he says in the song he says well i don't think they got bikini kill records in a small town in small town wisconsin record shops but that's where they need them now more than ever kind of a thing which, and which it is. is it's cool i i i fuck with that <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's something that i that i believe but it's true like in the midwest specifically it it seems it, it's more quote-unquote traditional right people have conformed to older ideologies and so anything that, that changes that is new is bad kind of a thing whereas in uh cities that it's much more progressive it's easier to to bring about those kind of changes in society i think yeah fuck society but also <laughs> i guess not fuck society that is big <laughs> enough to uh embrace change because my idea of fun is embracing change so i'll go to that society hell yeah you know my my idea of fun is joey what what? talking about track number 10 it's my idea of fun ending this podcast of this album that you hate (laughs) no i don't hate this album joey i'm I'm gonna i'm just gonna say i don't hate this album i don't hate anything that's happened this week or last week hj was cool too not still still not sold on this shift brew but (laughs) But but I, this is this is a fun experience for me. Uh, anyways, track number ten, my idea of fun was the segue that I don't, <laughs> I don't remember if I called out. I think I did. Anyways, this one it has a, a little clean acoustic intro that that sets a very nice like wistful kind of feeling for me. It's got some muted guitar plucking that come in under the vocals for the verse, and his his voice at the start of this one is notably more like calm. And, and chill which sounds better to me than his yelling voice that he normally goes to uh this one feels to me like it should have a full band kind of going with it but it doesn't which was was kind of weird it felt a little empty i guess and the piano comes in late to kind of emphasize how soft and cuddly he is as he, <laughs> as he sings fuck blank because we're enough which is kind of the refrain of it he's just saying like no fuck this because because we're enough as people but that's kind of getting into the lyrics there's trumpet banjo comes in uh towards the thing and then there's this lovely outro string section hell yeah which is just it's it's a great way to end the album and i just i don't know i I felt like the majority of the song granted this is the longest song on the album by far yeah it's it's six and a half minutes all the other songs are around two minutes um but yeah i I just i don't know it felt like it was missing uh a band for the at least the first section of it before it kind of shifted to the piano thing yeah i could see that i i mean i've never known this song another way and yeah, so obviously. like yeah, yeah I, I didn't just go in and add, <laughs> it add exist. music to it <laughs> but like i don't know i was very into the not big like rest of I was very into the acoustic, I guess, side of it whenever I heard this. So that's just, it sounds completely right to me. Mm. But now that you say that, I think it would be cool to hear a full band version of it. Right. Especially because 
like you said, the trumpet and the banjo and stuff at the end. I love that. And then just, this is me just wanting to make the perfect playlist. (laughs) And so that cello outro, string outro, whatever, it feels like it should go into a Defiance Ohio song, which Defiance Ohio is the band that Theo Hilton from Nana Grizzle right is like started in i guess uh but they have a lot of like string stuff so i feel like there's a perfect segue between songs there and i just can't find it and <laughs> it, it irks me and if if the song had a full band it would definitely work even better so interesting that, that's, yeah that's that's me that's my life and <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's my playlist brain <laughs> yeah but so lyrically the song it covers a lot of ground like mm-hmm. it i mean it's six and a half minutes long so yeah it, it starts off in a place that could explain i guess how pat pat got on the path he did about always feeling lost and running from anything that could be seen as structure he's talking about running away from every home he's ever had which is like i take as i guess a symptom of his absolute rejection of authority where he's just like anything that could possibly provide structure i'm out yeah, physically like, or or societally yeah <laughs> it's, it's a and, and like that's a criticism of himself and it talks about th- then goes on to talk about i guess the feeling that i know is prevalent through i guess i guess our generation future mm. i think it's just a common thing but it seems to get talked about it's a lot with pronounced like, nowadays yeah yeah where it's like feeling like you're super smart or being told that you're super smart and having all these expectations and stuff and then growing up to the realization that like maybe you are but there's more to being smart than just being smart and you don't like have the tools to make it you or you grow up and realize that like oh i'm pretty average like maybe i maybe i felt smarter than other people because maybe like my brain developed at a different time or like i I did used to know surface level information and now that surface level information only took me so far, but I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like the realization of that. And then about the work that comes with the life that Pat has chosen and how people tend to think of people without jobs as lazy, but it's a lot of work to just survive while living that light life. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to keep rambling because I, I have so much more. Oh yeah. I mean, this, the song is packed. (laughs) Like like you said, I mean, there's a lot to, to kind of dissect there. So I, I I don't, I'm not going to stop you if you, if you, I mean, because seriously, like every section of the song is is just kind of like adding to it where he's, he's talking everything that you've said. And then he kind of goes into like a a kind of a more, macabre depressing direction yeah. where he, he says that he, I, I like this the the way he says this he says because i've watched friends go from being pessimists to work at home archaeologists they dig skin deep and they work hard every day on burying their arms for a vein or two that maybe they forgot which i don't know if that's actually what he says but regardless it to me at least maybe i, I assume it, it was obvious that he was talking about people cutting themselves or, or getting into self-harm because oh. of something that's that's the way i took it as as digging skin deep and like bearing to me in my mind it, it was like bearing a knife into their arms looking like digging for veins kind of a thing 
I had never thought of it that way. I'd always thought of it as heroin addiction. You're looking for oh, a vein. That's, that's probably that's probably more accurate. But I, I think my mind. I was mean, in it that. works and, either way. Yeah, it does for sure. And it, it, furthermore, it double works because the the justification that I was getting from that is in in the next section. He he's talking about someone that wanted to die someone that was depressed and and was considering suicide. But every time that she had those feelings, she would shoot dope. And, and then she got caught doing drugs and then they put her on house arrest and threatened to, you know, throw her in jail if she leaves her house kind of thing, which is a fucked up solution to that, that situation, right? If someone's depressed and they're turning to drugs to kind of cope with that depression and then saying like, now, now you're stuck in your house. Furthermore, yeah. if you try to leave your house, you're going to fucking jail. Like that's, that's not, that's not a good solution for, di- for anything. It is not helping anybody except for the people running the, the jail yeah. or the prison or whatever. <laughs> not trying but, to prison. <laughs> yes. System of a down wreck prison song. Go listen to that. If you want to hear like we, we shouted that, that song out. Not too long ago, we, I'm we, sure we did because the prison system is totally fucked up, and it is it is it is something that gets talked about a lot in punk songs. But because yeah, it's fucked. But but then from there, the song progresses further, and he he kind of goes back to that kind of dream world of of trying to build the new world. And he, he, this is where I kind of like respect the amount of like thought and and rationalization he put into it because then he says now all we need is an economy where everybody will finally get enough to eat and to me that was kind of like him saying like look i know it's not it's not that easy yeah like oh yeah all we need is 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 enough food to feed everybody and bada boom bada bing we've we've fixed the issues that that the world's facing but yeah yeah it's it's the realization that it's it's a root problem. Like it's from mm-hmm. the core, from the very core is the problem. Like there's so much like to bring up, I guess the food example where everybody will get enough to eat. There's transportation issues. There's like, cause there's technically enough food that if everybody could get the food, it, right. would, it would work, but there's the economy driven bullshit. There's that greed. has to do, Yeah. There's greed. And then there's, transportation there's like getting the food to the people and getting it out which again is a symptom of greed like yeah i mean we we got we got fucking trains and trucks and planes and shit like we can we can get food places but it's it's an at the core problem that is not it's a huge undertaking and yeah he definitely like hits on that where he's like yeah that's I do like the way he phrases it where it's like, yeah, all we need is that. And then goes on to say like, it's even the suburbs know power is getting too crooked to stand on its own feet for much longer than it has. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, even the people who previously weren't affected by these issues are now starting to realize like shit, not everything is sustainable. Yeah. Like this isn't sustainable. Not everything is like, I don't know the, the nice veneer that you saw in the past of like, I don't know. People always seem to go back to like the fifties or some shit. Yeah. Like, and it's back, like back not, when women weren't allowed to speak and think. Yeah. And <laughs> black people couldn't use, uh, can use the same fucking water fountains as yeah. what? <laughs> like how, what? Yeah. Fucking serious. Is that the time that that's, people that's are going the, back? That's to? the dream America. That's the fucking problem. 
is that like so many people in the south and in the midwest specifically not that they don't exist in cities as well but like that's that is the ideal america for for them that is what people people want to to return to then they need to fucking leave man like yeah fuck out of (laughs) here but that that in itself is kind of also one one of those criticisms that we touched on earlier uh with with this utopia that he he's dreaming about and and wanting like the the rest of the song he he does so in a in a more mature way he says specifically yeah. so I don't want to kill a cop what I want is neighborhoods where they don't have to get called when the shit goes down because our friends they're enough and our our neighbors have enough and finally we're enough and then the rest of the song is him just saying like we're we're enough is the the, the refrain but I think that similar mindset of like saying well if. If you want, you know, fifties America, get the fuck out of here. We don't want you here. Go, go somewhere else. That in itself is kind of the the same thought of this utopia, right? Because saying eventually, if you're saying we can police ourselves, I want all of my friends to just exist. Everyone's going to have enough. There's not going to be any issues, kind of a thing. I I think even moving that way, you're just going to, you're still setting boundaries, right? If someone comes in and tries to disrupt that, you're still setting a rule and saying, no, if somebody like comes in and and takes more than they need, we're going to take action against them to ensure that it doesn't happen again, kind of thing. And then you're just the government. You're just the police that you're trying so hard to get away from. Yeah. There's, there's no, (laughs) and I mean, maybe, maybe I haven't looked enough into it. Maybe, in in the texts of uh Pierre Joseph Proudhon Proudhon or <laughs> just other people who write long these long like dissertations on anarchism and stuff mm-hmm. like maybe there's some there's a solution in there that I just yeah. can't think of because I'm a dumb person <laughs> but <laughs> but like it seems like if you have any sort of society there's there's gonna be somebody making decisions yeah. for the society. Like and even like so if you if everybody takes a vote on everything too, like maybe you have twenty people in your society and you're like, we're not gonna have one person who's in charge, we all vote mm-hmm. on stuff. But then there's still the if fifteen people vote for one thing and five people vote for the other, and they're doing the thing that fifteen people voted for, technically those fifteen people are then the authority yeah. over the five people that didn't that voted for the other thing. Like there's no way there's always going to be some sort of rule, some, some sort of boundaries that are set by, by people. Even if it is by the majority of people, there's still some exclusion and, and there will always be people rebelling against that because like you said, if for, if there are 15 people that vote yay and 15 or five people that vote nay, that's five people that aren't going to be happy in that society and they're going to cause issues. And so then it becomes, the 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 burden i guess of the 15 to then in, enforce those rules upon the five that are disagreeable right which is again you're just right back where you started with with creating a police force creating a government to to make sure that your order is maintained yeah i i think like that, I that's said my that's just that's my general problem with his utopia i think it's great i would love for his utopia to exist. Yeah. But it's a pipe dream. And I think that's, I I've alluded to in previous episodes like this, he, Pat the bunny kind of, uh, he's done an arc and he like, he doesn't perform 
uh, Johnny Hobo songs because mm-hmm. he's not that person anymore. Right. And he's, I think he started playing music again recently, but for a long period of time, he stopped playing music because he fell out of the scene. He was like, I don't really agree. Like the viewpoints of that movement and my viewpoints no longer align. Right. And I think he kind of got like, and not to say that he ever necessarily thought this utopia is going to happen. I mean, it's a utopia. Like it's, literal perfect situation right dream world and but i think like i said at the beginning of this episode i think if i think what a lot of people get caught up in is there are a lot of extremely enticing ideals in Mm. this line of thought which if applied to a better society than we have could make something great i think like and maybe maybe the point isn't to reach that utopia, but being being able to dream of that utopia and make steps to to make this world better in in that direction, as opposed to just saying, "Well, we're never going to hit that utopia, so we might as well not even try," kind of thing. So so maybe that's the point that I'm avoiding confronting when I'm talking shit about the utopia is that obviously the utopia is not going to happen, but it's better to try to achieve that than to just say, Oh, well it can't happen. So I'm not going to try. Kind of yeah. Thing. Cause then nobody's moving forward and right. shit's only going to go backwards. Cause it's not even going to stay stagnant because there's the people who are in power. You don't just stop at a certain, you're not like I have 50 powers. <laughs> yeah. I am now going to stop. <laughs> you're like, yeah. no, I want, I want it all. It's all mine. I need it. Indeed. I want, and then I'm going to build a rocket and go to space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that. Yes, oh, God. fuck you, fuck Amazon. That's fuck, fuck, fuck Jeff you Bezos. Know, <laughs> fuck Jeff Bezos. Also, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, fuck them all. All those billionaires who fuck billionaires. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Fuck billionaires and the whole idea of billionaires. If you have a billion dollars. Don't just fucking just don't. don't just don't, don't. Have a billion dollars. You should. There is no reason that anyone should have a billion dollars because no one who ever made a billion dollars got it entirely morally. Like you got it from exploiting other yeah, people's. You fuck work. other people over. Like there's no way that you can make a billion dollars ethically. <laughs> so just don't, people. Just fucking unless don't. you make- inherit it. Then then technically, I guess you're in the moral good by inheriting a billion dollars but you should still donate a lot of it yeah in that point you should cease to have a billion dollars exactly i think (laughs) i think if you're a billionaire for about like maybe 15 minutes long enough for it to take to go from the will office to the (laughs) the get fucking rid of all of this excessive hoard yeah office whatever that walk takes if you're a billionaire for that amount of time then that's i guess that's fine but any longer (laughs) than that and stop it <laughs> and just don't <laughs> anyways we we uh we had a pretty good time cool all, thi- all things considered with the all, all the oh, rambling shit. oh we're, my god okay just over an hour it's i hadn't fun. looked at the time yet <laughs> I, think, I think we're still under what we did last week we're we're whittling it back down yeah. but next week's going to be the finale of this journey right yeah 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 so what, what are we doing what album is are we ending this little punk folk foray on. So another album that, or another band that Pat the Bunny was in, 
is Ramshackle Glory, and we're listening to their album, Live the Dream. I had told you it was called Live the Dream, Die the Nightmare. That's like a double. Th- there's two albums, Live the Dream and oh, Die I the Nightmare. You. We're listening to Live the Dream. I, we're, I told we're not you doing, We're not doing the double album? No. no. Well, it, they're kind of like... Live the Dream is is the one. We'll, that... we'll start with Live the Dream, and then we'll discuss maybe if we want to extend our, our thing to, to include the double album. Live the Dream is the one that I listened to and had it like a direct impact on me. Die the okay. Nightmare is just gotcha. cool. So Okay, well, maybe maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just do Live the Dream. Regardless, we are doing Live the Dream, I guess. Yes. Let's just yes. Say that, that is our next album so uh, you guys feel free to, to listen to that with us let me know if you want to argue about anarchy and utopias and shit i am genuinely curious to read uh more about proud on and, and his ideology i suppose just because property I, is robbery. i don't know it, it seems yeah it, it's it's an interesting statement to make to to say property is robbery and I'm, i, I want to be sure that i'm getting the full understanding of what he means by that before taking some hot take and being like, no, he's, he's wrong. Kind of, kind of a thing. You fucking dumb proud. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys listening know would or, or have thoughts on that or anything else we've discussed this week, let us know in the comments, shoot us messages. Do all you, you already know we're Hopefully. social media. You know how content on the internet works at this point, right? Yeah. Like subscribe, comment, do, do all that, all that stuff. Let us know what you think. I'm genuinely curious. I, I want to hear, from anarchists and other people that are saying got him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, let, let, let us know. Let us talk, talk to us, communicate with us, come back. Ramshackle glory, live the dream next week. Same time, same place. Unless I forget to upload the episode, which happens. Stay yeah. in our feedback loop. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>